Welcome to the Two Bananas podcast. I'm Lucy. And I'm Zoe. And we're here to talk about being two British Chinese girls living in the UK and all the shits and gigs that comes with it. From discussing growing up to adulthood and all the things in between, join us as two friends chatting about our lives. Hello everyone, welcome back to Two Bananas. How are you Lucy? Tell me, update me. Not bad, same same old, same old, got a day off work today, which is nice. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, just having a pretty chilled one, really. What about you? We're recording this, guys, on a Wednesday. So. <laughs> yeah, we're trying um, it on Teams for the first time. So, you know, we'll see whether there's any technical hitches. But <laughs> no, it <laughs> should be fun. The best. But yeah, how's your week been? It's been good. It's definitely cold. Winter is definitely here. So um, Christmas. I mean, the, the countdown's begun. We've got a little countdown board in, in work. Oh, do you? Are you working Christmas? I am working Christmas, yes. I am working Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. I think I'm off on Boxing Day, but um, I am working Christmas, which will be my second Christmas that I've worked because I worked Christmas, not last year, but the year before. Mm. And if I'm, yeah, if I'm being honest, that was actually a pretty horrendous Christmas to work because it was like COVID. Oh, yes. It yes. was just sad. Everybody was sad. <laughs> Yeah, so it was just depressing. It was a little bit more jolly than the the time that I did work, but yeah. Yeah, that sucks. I know. Do you get Do you get time off before or after though? I'm get well. I've taken three days off of annual leave during Christmas, as in like after Christmas Day. So I think I'm off like the week after. So you like the lead up towards the New Year, which I think I kind of prefer having the bit after Christmas rather than. the the week before Christmas off because you know like after Christmas you just want like a nice chill period between Mm. actual Christmas day to New Year's so I'd rather have that time off anyway so I'm not that bothered to be fair like I feel like Christmas day I mean obviously I mean I'm not Christian you're not Christian like for me it's just a day that you can just spend like vegging out eating loads seeing family but really you can do that like any day it just is nice to do it around the festive period (laughs) to be fair are you um going well no sorry is your parents coming yes my parents are coming back they are hopefully they're in China at the moment so they are hopefully going to come back within the next few weeks fingers crossed we'll see (laughs) but yeah yeah Christmas Christmas is a big thing for our family I think we want to do a whole episode anyway yeah exactly we're going to do a proper episode discussing all of our Christmas traditions um because I think both of us do quite different Christmases really or both of our families <laughs> really do different Christmases yeah, anyway uh, in other news as well we have an Instagram oh yes we do so please um follow us it is at two bananas podcast um yeah come and join us catch up with us we'll obviously be posting updates on when we're going to put episodes out or you know when we're um planning on Releasing, yeah, releasing new, con- new content, content and things like that as well so yeah yeah we both have access to it to actually be a good time to see us ha- and how we make this podcast really. yeah exactly and also it'd be nice to get some dms from you guys as well like contribute whatever topics you might want us to discuss or you know any questions that you might have for us like we love to hear from everybody as well yeah so follow us it's a two bananas podcast on insta but yeah, so in today's episode, anyway, we wanted to chat a little bit more about sort of 
beauty standards in the East and the West and how they differ and how our sort of our own opinions and points of views have been affected by us growing up in the UK, but then also having, you know, family who are from China as well. But yeah. Yeah. So um, so I've actually I did Google what the standard Western beauty and the standard Eastern beauty is. I mean, I think me and you both know what they are, but I just thought yeah. we should have a more official, let's say, yeah. point of view. So to no surprise or for those people that don't know, the Western beauty standards for women, and this is just an episode on women. I think we can later on do one about men. But yeah, definitely. One, yeah. And that would be a whole thing on its own. Yeah, I think we should definitely get someone. Maybe I'll get my brother on. Oh, question. yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is just for women and for like Western beauty standards. So that's the Western part of the world is more like America, Europe, Britain, for example. Um, currently, the trend is more of a curvy figure, a tan skin, a small nose, round eyes and high cheekbones. Whereas the Eastern look is a slim figure, so very thin, pale skin, double eyelids, high no, high bridge nose and a melon seed like face. Um, oh, I mean, we'll talk about this in detail. Um, does that even, is that shocking to you, Luce, or do you think that's? Not particularly. I mean, I suppose, especially, I mean, Western, I mean, I feel like the thing, it's changed quite a lot since we were younger, because I think, you know, in the 90s, it was all very much like that whole skinny look. Like when I think mm. about 90s, like figure. I like think Kate Moss. Paris, like, yeah, Kate Moss, Paris Hilton, like those like sort of like party girls in the 90s who were super, super skinny, that supermodel look, very thin. But um yeah so that was like very much the trend back then whereas I think now yeah because of like the Kardashians and because of sort of fitness as well because I feel like there's been a massive like spurt of fitness stuff like online everybody mm. wants to go to the gym everybody wants like big glutes you know all this whole stuff like BBLs all this stuff I feel like nowadays it's all about the curvier figure but it's also like that slim thick figure do you know what I mean you know yeah it's like a tiny waist but big booty exactly like I think I do think like as much as the 90s was unachievable like even now the body shape is still quite unachievable unachievable. like how are you gonna have a big like thick booty and then also have an absolutely like flat as can be stomach and like big boobs but like it, yeah it's weird I find it like very strange and obviously unattainable um, well, I mean obviously if you work really hard at the gym like there is you can obviously get that but I do find like especially with Asian people like the flat butts <laughs> oh yeah exactly like we are not born with curvy butts in the slightest no. <laughs> um, and my butt is renowned in my family for being one of the flattest so yeah literally so I'm already (laughs) I know you're already in like the minus points yeah so like you know all these people that want the Kim K butt it's like mine's inverting mine's so flat it's going the other way (laughs) yours is is literally concave (laughs) yeah and like fair dues like one of my cousins works out loads and she's got a great butt on her like she really does but like I just don't think it's achievable for most people unless you spend all day every day at the gym and like I go to the gym and stuff but it's like to fit in with your life I think you do have to sort of not 
you can't see the changes as much as you can see it online if you get me it's not this like six oh, yeah, week right. program but that's the thing also people post things online that like instagram and tiktok and all these things it's such a small snapshot of your normal day like i always think these influencers who you know make like the tiktoks like what i eat in a day or what i do in a day and i just think is that real i feel like that's not real like do you really get up at 5am and have a green smoothie for breakfast and then you have your morning coffee and then you meditate and then write in your journal and you know it's kind of like that looks like bullshit to me but I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who can do it. Like you're much more dedicated and, and yeah to that than me. But I don't know. It all it seems a bit fake. <laughs> so, no, <yeah>. literally. <laughs> well, what I thought I'd do for well for this episode is now we've obviously looked at what the difference is between the east and west. I thought it'd be nice just to break it down. So look at like the detailed parts of the body in each feature, just because yeah. I think you can then we can really go into it and our experiences about it. Yeah. So thought I'd start with, you know, the eyes because it's the, the most obvious. The Asian most obvious. Feature. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how quite to say that. <laughs> I was like, ah, so the eyes. So actually doing research into it, because obviously the East version is double eyelids everywhere. For people that don't know, double eyelids is when you have a crease, you can see a pronounced crease in your eyes and monolids which is what I have is when you can't see the crease and it's a single fold um but in East Asia that is definitely like the biggest thing um and that is what they favor whereas actually when I looked at the west there wasn't really much information about the shape I don't think they really care as much about the shape whereas they really cared about the eye color so it's blue eyes blonde hair that's the most popular and idolized where blue is seen as the most beautiful I guess for Asians you can't well it's very rare for us to have any other color eyes so brown it is yeah well I I almost think as well that in like western culture people don't think about the shape of the eye as much because most people do have like double eyelids slash like hooded eyes in that sense like not mm-hmm. not like monolids like it's so it's a given like people don't even think about it whereas I think part of the reason why the eastern beauty standard now is to have double eyelids it's almost to emulate what Caucasian people do already have in that they have like a, a crease and larger eyes I almost think that that's mainly to emulate what the western beauty standard is as well to have the bigger eyes and to have you know that kind of look actually I I looked at it and some people do think that as well but I think like obviously we're not we didn't grow up in Asia so we don't really know but I did read online that they want the bigger round eyes to emulate a doll they want the doll look and I think that's what they go for so they necessarily want the I want to look like a white person necessarily but they want that round eye shape because it makes it look bigger and more dull and I think actually in Asian countries they want that dull look which looks quite youthful and quite innocent and that sort of look um okay well I saw in 2020 actually that eye surgery for the double eyelids is the third biggest cosmetic procedure so yeah okay so actually it's massive um and that it was over 1.2 million people had the procedure. Wow. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I feel like here in the UK and in like America, I'm guessing, like unless you're Asian or you're from an Asian background, 
most people wouldn't even know what double eyelid surgery would no. be like they, I don't think anyone even knows what it is or like that you can even get it you know what I mean no they literally like, don't I, even know and then like in like like my family so all of us really have monolids um and it's it's mostly my family or my family's friends and the Chinese aunties or whatever commenting on the eye shape or like how small your eyes are and it's always like mm. when they um when they see other people they always comment like, oh she's got big eyes and it's always yeah. that's something they notice whereas actually none of my like white friends go oh my god look at look at her eyes I mean they take the piss yeah. out of mine because oh I think the stereotypes of slitty eyes or whatever but actually I find it's more the Asian family and friends which actually sort of notice people's eye shapes because that's yeah more common yeah definitely because I yeah I remember like growing up and people being like oh like you've got strong EMP which means like you've got double eyelids and that was like a compliment to me that I had like double eyelids <laughs> oh hang on let's just do it well done Lucy well done. <laughs> I know thank you I know these genetics you know <laughs> but um yeah like they were very much like they would mention it as well which is funny but like my mum and like a lot of my aunties and stuff like naturally don't have um double mm. eyelids and like a lot of my family members have had the surgery including oh, okay. like my male family members yeah like you know it's not just oh, females either but some of my male family members have had the surgery um so yeah I do think it's probably quite a big source of insecurity in a lot of Asian people well, I think in, the, in the east anyway I suppose I think in the west maybe people don't think about it as much but certainly in the east it probably is definitely like a source of insecurity for people well I did I've heard like in some like eastern cultures and stuff when people graduate as their like graduation present they get the surgery done which yeah. is um, which obviously yeah like my cousin had her surgery when she was 18 yeah like that I suppose that kind of is like the same thing as like a graduation present almost like she was 18 at the time when she got the surgery Mm. um so yeah like it is a big thing I think well but I do find it's getting a lot more normalized in like east culture to like just get the surgery done now oh yeah it's like it's not even like a big thing I think that's that's the thing like people just get the surgery done and it doesn't seem like a big procedure um which I suppose in the grand scheme of things when you think about it compared to like you know a boob job or you know or BBL or you know whatever other types of surgery there are I suppose it doesn't seem as big of a procedure but Mm. still like you know it's a permanent change to one of the most like definitive features on a person's face um and especially as an Asian person when your eyes are like a very prominent feature of like Asian being Asian like Asian-ness I almost think it's yeah it's a bit sad really that like people feel the need to change their eyes but I think it's just a lot of the pressures in Eastern culture of Mm. trying to have like that big doe-eyed look like that youthful kind of look um as well but yeah yeah, I've noticed as well like a lot of um like in Asia contact lenses are a massive thing like you know like the circle lenses that obviously increase the size of your iris and it makes your eyes look bigger I'm gonna lie for me I feel like they look really creepy I don't really like them and I've never really (laughs) loved like the idea of like like don't get me wrong like I've worn colored contact lenses like for Halloween but not ever like seriously 
but yeah I find colored contact lenses a little bit jarring I don't know it just looks a little bit strange to me like you know when like people's eyes mm. are like, super super black and it just <clears> doesn't look real I don't I just find it looks a little bit jarring but I think that's also part of the whole like trying to make your eyes look as much like a doll or that glass-eyed sort of appearance yeah, yeah. but um yeah whereas I think you know in terms of like western beauty that it definitely isn't so much of a thing even though like you mentioned about like you know people like the idea of these like different types of coloured eyes like you know green eyes blue eyes like striking coloured eyes are sort of you know looked upon as more beautiful or more interesting I feel like most people don't tend to wear like coloured contact lenses as much like it's not really a thing that people do in their day-to-day lives Mm. um yeah I think it's because there is variety in the west with the coloured eyes whereas in like Asia because everyone's got very dark eyes like they put on the blue because then you do look different you do people do look at you then but like for me um I think growing up like you can when I went back to Hong Kong and stuff you can get like the stickers or the glue Mm. and like I've I've tried them before like I feel like it was more of a thing growing up because just trying to like when you're testing how to do makeup when you're testing how to do like all these different things to your eyes and stuff um it's just seemed almost natural because it was everywhere in Hong Kong in every supermarket you could or like Mm. sasa or whatever you could get the glue and you can get this like these weird sticker things yeah and it's so funny because trying to I'm trying to put them on is in the whole ordeal in itself when you've done, never done it as a teenager yeah. and you're there like what is going on the glue is everywhere and actually like to get them both even and then mm. to get them to stay all day and then try and put makeup on top of that it just seemed a bit like it just didn't sit like feel right and I yeah. it did just change my whole face yeah my no, whole definitely. face and like I tried it I think when I was a teen and like never tried it again But it just feels like, I don't know, like if maybe I was back in Hong Kong for a long period and I see other people having it, maybe I'll be more influenced. But obviously it wasn't such a big thing here. I don't know. It's just I never really thought about getting this surgery. I think it's it would change my eye shape and my whole face so much. And I won't lie, like it's taken me 27 years to learn how to do makeup on these eyes. (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) like to then get a surgery recover from that and like do makeup I'm not I'm not the how to wear eyeliner again (laughs) exactly it's taken me years to master that challenge like I'm not doing it again (laughs) yeah no well don't worry I still can't do eyeliner so you know (laughs) (laughs) um okay let's move on to the next part so actually face shapes was a big one which I actually didn't know about um but in the west it's more like symmetrical and oval is the best shape um mm. whereas in the east side is all about the v in your chin apparently yeah. so the face shape of choice is something called a melon seed face oh okay oh actually yeah do you know what when you mention about the melon seeds yeah because you know how everybody like at new year's or whatever eats the melon seeds <laughs> oh my god is that why yeah yeah that actually makes complete sense to me now but yeah actually i do get that so yeah it's like... my aunties and stuff will say like oh like so naturally our faces like in our in my mum's side of the family are like larger like it's just a thing like my face is quite round um but 
like they always like make comments like oh like my face looks so big like people take photos where they'll try and like you know like go like this or like go like this so Lucy <laughs> for those who can't see which is everyone else <laughs> apart from me she's sort of sticking her face to the side so you can yeah, see and her like chin covering more. up almost like the rounds of your cheeks like this jaw bit here to like almost make it look smaller and make your face appear slimmer thinner. but mm. um like I mean obviously that's I don't really think people can necessarily do too much about their sh- the, the shape. Well, no, in Korea, they're literally, like, chiseling their jawlines, aren't they? They, like, yeah. shave their whole face. But, like, it is a hard one. Like, I've got a really round face. Like, mm. I am the circle. I am the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a really round, flat face, which, actually, I think, in both societies, it's not seen as attractive. Yeah. Because it's not the ideal shape, like... And to be fair, I don't think I've necessarily, I mean, people just say I've got a big face, like my dad, my dad has a big face. Um, But I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, you don't have structure to your face, because I do. I think actually what I was more conscious about growing up is the fact that my face is so flat. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's something you would necessarily notice, you know what I mean? No, it's not something I think anyone else would notice, but I do... I envy, I think, the Western look where they have more prominent features. Like mm. they have their eyes that go in a bit or out a bit and their nose is clearly more prominent. And yeah. I always look at that and go, oh, like it'd be so cool to have actual prominent features. Like not that I don't have features, but I think they it's easily blended together and it's so flat that you can't see. Like, do you remember that time yeah. at uni? <laughs> So just to prove my point of how flat my face is, Lucy and I at uni once decided to take a side profile. And yes, my face was extremely flat. However, <laughs> Lucy's, do you, have you guys ever seen, is it Alien or Predator? I, I think it's Alien that you're thinking of. <laughs> so it's, if you guys Google Alien, it's, it's got like this. Forehead, it's the forehead though, it like goes like backwards like Alien, I don't know why. <laughs> Literally, when we saw it I was like, oh my god Lucy. Maybe I was dropped the kid. <laughs> no, because it's perfectly, it goes round. We'll show you guys the photos side by side, it's actually really funny. <laughs> but like, Definitely. I think I've never really noticed the shaped face as much as definitely the my well for me, my thing is like the flatness. Yeah, I mean, although I think one thing that I found really interesting that I actually don't think I ever actually properly noticed until like a couple of years ago was the fact that obviously as Asians we tend to have flatter faces because do you know what's so funny I remember being in uni and I was chatting to someone and we were talking about like ski um ski goggles and mm. they were like looking at these really expensive brand of ski goggles and they had like loads of different ones um but then they had like ones for like different types of faces so like so bec- and then it literally would have like a little description underneath like more suitable for Asian faces because we have less um like our eye sockets like I don't know whether this will make sense but they don't go in do they 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 don't go in as much yeah they're like more flat (laughs) yeah you don't have as much like prominence in terms of like your cheekbones don't sit forwards as much compared to your actual orbit but Mm -hmm. um yeah like it's interesting that that's actually like a genuine thing but um to be fair it's like when I so because of my wide big round face when I go I I wear glasses obviously well for those who don't know I wear glasses so does Lucy but she always hides in her 
monthly contact so you might not yeah, see yeah I am blind as a bat I'm really <laughs> blind but I do I am more of a contact lens wearer although I am wearing my glasses more and more to be fair but like I think I remember going to like the opticians and when they say oh you need to get glasses and trying it on my face is like the biggest ordeal because I've got such a wide face mm. um and like the female face is like the standardized female face is smaller <laughs> so I used to get a massive headache from trying on glasses because they're all too small for me yeah too and, tight almost. yeah and almost been like why do I not fit the norm why do I not fit this norm of like just what society tells me and then also because your bridge is so low as an Asian like putting the glasses on you they always drop so it's like yeah, dropping and, and it's not tight. I think like when you smile like your cheeks will like touch the lens <laughs> yeah exactly like, that always happens to me whereas actually like now I always um I love Ace and Tate um but they they don't do it on male and females they just do it on size so I can mm. actually pick like the wide lens and they have it doing it like with a female face and a male face and actually you're like Oh, that's quite a nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite a nice feature because I don't feel like I have to go to the men's section for my big face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, there must be other wide, wide face gals out I there. I mean, I have a wide face too, so you're not alone in that. Literally, we're the two wide-faced Asian girls. Literally. <laughs> moon faces, moon faces. Yeah, moon faces. Um. Okay. So now going on one that we definitely need to highlight because it's obviously so different. Um skin colour or the preferred skin colour of choice mm-hmm. um for anyone who doesn't know for west it's definitely the tan skin so yeah. the browner you are the better you look whereas in the east it's seen as the paler you are the better it is yeah definitely so, I mean actually I did some googling into this and like why it's almost better and like for pale um it's because obviously back in the day I think all the because it's always hot in Asia normally and the sun is always shining that anyone that went out doing farm work or any agriculture labor work was out in the sun a lot and therefore their skin would be quite dark Mm -hmm. so actually having pale skin was seen as a marker of like privilege or higher class Mm. whereas actually in the west I feel like maybe not everywhere but I feel like definitely like Britain especially like it's so cold and the sun is never out so actually having tan skin just shows that you've been on holiday and you can almost afford to go on holiday to get that brown tan look yeah I mean I think it's very much like you can definitely tell in Asia as well like you know when you go to Asia and every single like makeup product skincare product all has like whitening in it oh my god yeah yeah like it's everywhere whereas obviously here you have the complete opposite where like you have you know like moisturizers that have like you know tinted like drops in it or like you know self tanners like literally in Asia I don't even think self tanning is a thing I don't think you could even go out and buy like normal like tanning spray or like a tanning do you know what I mean? I don't think you actually could because genuinely no one would want it. Like it wouldn't sell. I but, think it's um, the two like opposite of the spectrums. Because like when I went to Asia, especially when I went traveling, like um, when I went traveling, I obviously ran out of moisturizers. So I had to go buy some because the eczema skin <laughs> needs that uh, <laughs> hydration. Um, but when I went, honestly, it's like every single moisturizer had whitening cream in and it's mm. your big names like like Nivea or L'Oreal and stuff like that yeah, yeah, they yeah. all have whitening in and like obviously for me I wanted to get tan so I didn't really want the skin whitening 
yeah. so I ended up having to buy like aloe vera gel which is the only thing <laughs> that's safe <laughs> that didn't have whitening in but like it was just so it was bizarre to me that how unaccessible it was and how that yeah. everyone was trying to get skin whitening yeah um like I laugh because the other day I was talking about like do you know how in Britain we use like umbrellas to hide from the rain <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah in asia you get umbrellas for like the sun literally yeah honestly like yeah i think that the people in asia probably never use the bloody umbrellas for the the rain no sun yeah yeah yeah, definitely but i also think just naturally we tan a lot easier than like you know caucasian people do like i'm pretty sure like even the palest of asian girls if they were out in the sun for like literally a couple minutes they would get tanned you know what I mean mm, whereas definitely. like you know like you you get like people here having to sit out in the sun all day long burn themselves to a crisp and probably haven't actually tanned all that much I guess but, it's always just what you almost like no one I think beauty standards sorry is like almost what's not quite achievable so like for the people yeah, that have the paler skin it's almost that like you want to be dark and like yeah. I, I do find like loads of our like Irish friends they have the palest palest skin yet they are the ones always on fake tan yeah they're the yeah. ones always browned up and bronzed to like like the heavens because they but want it's always that like skin. the grass is always greener isn't it yeah like, if you can't have something then you want it more like it definitely is a thing yeah like I don't know about you but I don't think I've ever used my like self tanner I don't think I've ever used like tan on myself I've never got a fake tan before I've never needed to to be fair and I don't think I'm that bothered because I know I can tan quite easily like if I go on holiday I don't have like an obsession with sitting out in the sun either because mm. I know I can probably tan quite quickly uh well because I've got eczema though I can't or well, I've never used like fake tan and stuff just because it would look so patchy on my skin and it probably wouldn't be good for my skin anyway um we can obviously talk more about th- my journey with eczema <laughs> um and my skin and stuff because actually me and you both have very different skin types anyway so that is quite interesting to talk about but yeah because I had eczema um you can literally see it if I used fake tan you can literally just see Mm. it's very patchy and I'm like I'd rather not look patchy and so obviously different two tones than if I used it um so yeah we definitely don't we I mean me and you both like to tan anyway Mm. so do you find like do you not find when you go back and all your family like all my family or even our friends are like oh my god you're so dark yeah make like, comments about that it always, yeah. and it's so like a, it's such like a shock to them it's always like yeah. like why are you so dark and you have to explain oh it's like it's the sort of it's the trend in Britain to be dark but mm. you can see it in their faces they're like oh why why is that yeah. why are you looking so dark why do you want to go out and tan like they almost try and do everything they can not to so oh, do yeah, you think definitely. it's it is bizarre when you go from like the one country all the way to the other and it's such drasts like differences right so I think we've done quite a lot on skin colour I I feel like we can go on and on about skin colour I feel like it's quite a big thing isn't it yeah I think this is like a good I think this is a good episode just to give a good overview of like the different aspects like we can't go through everything in this episode Mm. but I think it's good just to highlight the main things we've already mentioned this before but I'm just going to restate this about body shapes because of the curvier looks and stuff and which we have already spoken about it 
Um, but I actually wanted to bring up, do you know in the East how they have different trends? Have you heard of them? Yes, I have about like the A4 size mm. and like, can you wrap a 50? Like, no, it's a hundred. It's a hundred. It's a hundred. Yeah, no. All right. All right. All right. Cheapskate. I know. I mean, literally like my fat wrist probably wouldn't be able to. <laughs> but I, I literally, so if anyone doesn't, who doesn't know the A4 paper trends, if you get an A4 piece of paper, they want your waist to be the the width. The like, yeah, the width of an the A4 width of paper of it when it's vertical. So mm. not not when it's like thirty centimeters, when it's the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's literally people you can see. There's photos of girls who who will put like the A4 piece of paper in front of them, and their waist is that small, mm. and it's ridiculous because I'm like, that is so small. Yeah, I think definitely the trends in China at the moment I almost think like the way that the beauty stands are in the east at the moment in terms of body shape anyway are almost like 20 years behind the west in that like people are very much still wanting that whole really skinny look like you know like the way mm. that did in the 90s or like the early 2000s um yeah like it's very much like driven by that sort of like oh like women should be really skinny it's not really and about dainty health. it's dainty yeah. and like skinny yeah exactly um, for anyone that didn't know the 100 yen thing is that if you grab a 100 yen note it's just you can fit it around your wrist isn't it yeah around your wrist so yes that shows how skinny you are so if you can put a note around it it means you're very skinny if you can't <clears throat> then it shows your, your wrists aren't as skinny mm. but, i mean it's one of those ridiculous things like your wrists you can't really change the sides of your wrist no and exactly. like it's, it doesn't hold that much fat anyway no it's just like another like arbitrary thing of like people wanting to be like very dainty and just very skinny i think skinny mm. is like gold in asia at the moment like that is like the way to be and it's just like a sign of femininity like whereas mm. it's more like you know what this class is fat or you know being larger it's not classed as as feminine or as pretty um but i do think yeah. it's i think because even though we're talking about body shapes as a whole but like sizing in the two countries or like the two areas are so different like obviously you get to america and their sizing is so much bigger compared to britain mm -hmm. and in britain like it's still i would say in the medium area compared to america and like the east whereas the east it's like if you're not a size six uk size six then you're not you're seen as fat almost yeah definitely definitely whereas like actually there's not that many people who's a size six in uk no I think like even I like people who's like size eight and ten they're almost seen as quite skinny mm. like I think don't quote me now I think um UK average is a 16 I think so either like a 14 or a 16 yeah yeah which is like I think if you told that to the east world it'd be like what the hell oh my god I know what well, I mean literally I don't know about you but when I go back to China and I try to buy clothes like I won't I would need a large to an extra large in clothes. Like they would tell me, <laughs> like the, the shop. They look at you and go, me, like, "Sorry, you can't no fit any of the clothes in here. Like you need, you need a large." But um, yeah, like it just people are just a lot more petite in size yeah. in Asia, and that is also classed as what is like nice to look to be. Well, yeah, actually, no. Let's go on to that. So one of the points was height. So actually, like I think. Um, 
especially in the Western world, because everyone is so much taller, mm. people aren't as fussed about how tall people are. Okay, yes, it's like guys, you need to be tall to be attractive or whatever. But for females, I don't think there is necessarily a height that people drive like strive to be. Mm. Um, and actually, most people use heels to make their legs look nice. Yeah, it looks slender and nicer rather, but they don't really think of the height. Whereas I think in like East like in East Asia and stuff, like the average height I think for a female is like five one. Yeah, something like that. Yes, yeah, so it's quite short. So I think they use like they always see height as something that's a bigger deal, isn't it, in Asia? Mm, definitely. <clears throat> that they all use heels to make sure they look taller, and like height is almost seen as a big thing because it's something that most Asian people aren't. They're not tall. They're not normally mm. classed as tall. Um, especially for me, like they always say how tall I am. I think I've mentioned so many times now that how tall I am. Like I'm five seven, which is actually very, very tall for a female. And like when I go back, it's always just, oh, but you oh my god, you're so tall. Like it's yeah. almost such a nice compliment to have. And it's like, well, thanks, but it's not like I did anything to change that. Yeah, no, it is, it is, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it's almost weird as well, because you know, like if you think about like in the olden days like in the proper olden days like you know f- like foot binding and like being really small and petite was like was the best thing like to have like small feet to be really small like that was always like classed as what was beautiful whereas now I mean again it is I mean it's still kind of the same in a sense like in in that like you people do still want you to be petite but just in a different way mm-hmm. um, which I suppose is actually also kind of similar in the west as well like they still want you to be petite in that you know you still need like a flat stomach and you still need to you know have that feminine sort of like body shape or whatever is classed as feminine but yeah it's it's just it's almost like two sides of the same coin it's exactly the same thing but just in a slightly different way um and i wanted to talk about as well when we talk about beauty standards i mean we'll go in depth in a different episode but I wanted just to talk about the differences in makeup Mm. so I find in like the west it's a lot more they want the fierce look the bold dramatic like they like their smoky eyes and their contouring whereas I find in like the east it's so different like they want more youthful like a natural look so it's quite Mm. fresh and like um I didn't know this but in Korea they have something called glass skin have you ever yes. heard of it? Yeah, yeah. So you can tell you're more Asian than me because I'm like, no. I have to Google this. And, uh, and Lucy's like, yeah, I know that. No, I'm just more into skincare. I think that's the thing. Like, when I think about Asian beauty, I think about the advancedness of Asian beauty compared to the West. Like, stuff that has, like, been in the Asian beauty sector for so long is only now becoming a big thing here in the West. And it kind of makes me laugh because it's like, you know, like the idea of having a cleansing balm or, like, certain types of serums or certain types of toners and, like, things like that that have literally been, like you know going on in the east for so so long like I used to love going back to China just to see all the different types of skincare beauty brands like from Korea from Japan from China from from all around Asia and it was Mm. just so much better than the stuff that we have here and now we've got like our big brands like you know like our um sort of even like some designer brands coming into that field and almost trying to like copy 
some of the stuff that Asian beauty brands have been doing for like years, but then putting this markup of a price on it because they're this like Western beauty brand or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Which I think is hilarious because if you go to Asia, you can literally get so much stuff. You can get so much um, like variety and you've got it for so much cheaper as well. Whereas like here, it's like to have a good skincare like or beauty brand or whatever, you have to be like marked up by so much in terms of price that drugstore isn't good enough. Like you have to have like a luxury skincare brand. Um, yeah, like I think if anything, I actually think Asian beauty in terms of skincare anyway, and probably makeup is a lot more advanced compared to in the west like you know like what we mentioned about like the eye tape the eyelid tape and like the glues and stuff like that and like sometimes people even use like putties for like the nose like to almost shape people like your nose oh, that, really yeah yeah that's been used like in in like asia for so long like it's just a thing that people use like even like the face lifting tapes to like lift up like your cheeks to give you more structure that's been going on for so so long whereas it's only now that that's becoming more of a thing here or it's becoming more known about. And I feel like a lot of different skincare brands in the West are jumping on that bandwagon almost. And almost, I think sometimes people in the West think that like they've they've discovered this new amazing thing when actually like it's been used in Asia for so, so long, which I think well, is funny. I find that actually I don't think they always think of like the Asian problems like I think mm. I don't know if about you but I have always had to buy like my eyeliner and my mascara from um, Asia because the stuff here a the mascara doesn't hold my lashes and then b the eyeliner smudges because of my monolids like yeah yeah <laughs> honestly my teens weren't good looks for me okay I had <laughs> like smudged straight lashes like it wasn't good but like that's all that I had and then like I go back and one of our Chinese family friends she showed me this eyeliner and honestly life-changing and I only get it from Asia now yeah so yeah. I think in that sense it is just so different in terms of how they market it like I don't think the western beauty standards are quite adapted to like eastern like eyes and stuff looking at just the way we even apply makeup is so different I mean it's just different styles isn't it but I don't know it's also kind of like I feel like now as well, because of like social media, there's such a wide variety of different types of makeup in the West now. Like, you know, like people obviously do have that very natural look, but also there's like maximalism. People really like bold colours, bright things as well. So I almost think, I mean, I don't know, I suppose it's difficult um, because we're also not in Asia. But from mm. what I see when we're here in you know in the UK you do get a lot more variety compared to when you're in Asia like in Asia yeah. in the sense of it almost everyone seems to like fit a certain type of look whereas here I suppose there's a bit more sort of range in different types of style and makeup. I do think in especially here you can I mean disclaimer for me and you follow more the western look anyway mm. but like I do find you can be a bit more who you are here yeah like I do like and this is just generalizing obviously but I think when you come to like especially like London like a big city 
there is such different looks and different cultures and stuff like that. Whereas if you do go back to like Shanghai or Hong Kong, there is a different look, but they're all still under one umbrella, I find. Like yeah, it's still that Asian they, look. Like yeah. it fits that like K-pop-y look that yeah. everyone tries to follow. Whereas this is just me generalising, but obviously having that Western look, I do think people are exploring a lot more and the judgment is less here yeah yeah definitely I think yeah I mean I suppose it depends where you are like London maybe so but like not in Nottingham if I was like walking up the street in like Barnsley in like you know whatever look I don't think they're gonna be (laughs) necessarily Uh, Lucy to those from Barnsley like no no judgment (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so I feel like what we've got from the this episode really is that there is huge disparities and beauty standards and what people almost sell as you should look like or this is what you should strive for but it's so different in each place that how can you have one look and not the other in certain places it's just yeah yeah I think it's, it's really difficult like obviously you want to follow the trend but I think obviously talking around each of these topics and each of these like areas it just shows that actually like you just have to do what you were given with and what you want to do I think it's definitely taken us a lot of time like I think especially like in your teens especially like you you do want to follow trends and like you you can see now like the amount of people trying to follow the Kim K looks and you can see why they do it but it's I think it's taken us like only I would say in the last like two or three years to really work through what it is we want yeah. and I think I think that just comes with age though as well yeah. like I think you know when everyone's like oh like the 20s you're supposed to find yourself and like the 30s is when you actually become more happy in yourself and I'm like yeah. as I am reaching as we do reach closer to 30 <laughs> <laughs> like there are like good and bad points like I do find actually I'm a lot more comfortable in my own skin yeah same and, it doesn't really bother me as much of what people say anymore. It's just, no. you know what, you got to do what's right for you. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So, yeah, let us know, guys, what um, what beauty trends you follow, what standards you see, especially where you're from and stuff. And, yeah, let, DM us on our Instagram, which is 2 Bananas Podcast. Yeah, let us know all your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah, and if you know there's anything that you agree with us or disagree with us, anything that you want to add, yeah, please do tell. So yeah, and thanks very much for listening and tuning in. Um, and we're excited for the next one. Bye.